Hi everyone, welcome to Not Insecure. We're glad you're here. If you're interested in hearing about security industry trends, what companies should be doing for security, technical security questions, and more, then you're in the right place. All from the view of a product manager and a senior dev lead. Our goal is to build an authentic, transparent discussion about the challenges that we face building security software today. Stay tuned. So for this episode, we're going to launch and talk about our security program.io tool. Um, as we get deeper into this, we think this will make a perfect foil and listeners will see some of the challenges of working around security and probably learn some things too. With that being said, I guess we will start introducing ourselves here. Um, so I'm going to flip the script and give it to Matt Conda. Um, in case you don't know Matt, he is the CEO and founder of Gemari. He's worked in the cybersecurity industry for 10 plus years. Um, he's worked as a software developer, architect, director for 10 years before that, former chair of the board of o o OWASP, and now he writes software for fun. So Matt, I will give you the mic. Thanks, Keely. That does sort of put me in a special demographic that I still write software for fun, right? <clears throat> um, so thanks for having me. This is awesome. I'm really excited about this this podcast that you and Joe are doing. And um, I think the interplay between product management and software developers has been something that I've sort of watched, been part of, seen succeed and fail for reasons that I didn't always understand. Um, and so I'm really excited to kind of dig into it and see how it works. And I think doing that for, in a security context has a very specific and, and deeper interest for a lot of people. So um, I'm excited again, just to even hear what you're talking about um, and to be a, a listener for this podcast. So let me take a minute and, uh, and, and introduce you because we obviously work together um, frequently. So first, Keely. Keely is a product manager at Gemini. That means she's responsible for defining our roadmap, our priorities, um, in terms of the software project. Uh, she's supposed to interface the customers and help us understand what they want and um, translate security, which I tend to think of as like a very technical thing, into something that people that are maybe not so security focused can manage. Um, and Keely is here. I don't know if you're watching the video, if you can see her, but there she is. Um, Keely, what's a good what's a good thing for people to know about you as they're hearing you talk about product management? Um, good thing to know. I started taking on the PM role about a year ago. Ago, uh, I started Gemari about two years ago, and within that process, uh, when I first started, I knew nothing about security. Now, I believe I know a little bit about security, and it just keeps going. <laughs> And tell us a random fact about yourself that, that might be entertaining or come back up in another subsequent show. Uh, entertaining. Um, well, I had a random fact earlier. Matt took it. <laughs> but uh, I like to play sand volleyball in my free time, I suppose. That was supposed to be a set, but you didn't spike it. Kelly, when you play volleyball, do you get to spike the ball very often? No. You're a, what, what, what's the name of the position that you play? Uh, it's called a libero, so I stay back row. Nice. Nice, cool. And for those of you who uh, aren't watching the video, 
Matt was making a motion that looked more to me like he was trying to raise the roof rather than <laughs> so, so I, I wasn't quite sure what was going on for a bit. <laughs> I, I do like to raise the roof, but um, I was trying to trying to. When to you're when you're teaching kids how to set, you say you have like a uh, Route 44 drink from Sonic, and so you're drinking it, and then you have deer antlers, and then you're high fiving somebody. So that's how you teach like five year olds how to set. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. And how do you teach developers how to write good security software? Oh, that's a you question. How do you do that? <laughs> that's funny. I was going to say it's impossible. Um, cool. Well, we'll hear more from Keely in a second as she gets into actually running a lot of this discussion. Um, let's take a minute and talk to Joe. So Joe is a senior consultant at Gemri. He does uh, a bunch of different things here from um, actually breaking into systems and doing ethical hacking to uh, building out AWS infrastructure with Terraform and setting up security properly for that to being our lead dev on um, tools such as JASP and securityprogram.io. So he's kind of um, front and center as a counterpart to Keeley in terms of running the development on those projects. Um, and he recently presented to a bunch of uh, of QA testers about testing for security. So he's becoming um, a jack of all trades. Uh, I like to think he's following in my footsteps there, if that's fair. I don't mean to sound diminutive there, but, but uh, there's that. And then Joe's an all around interesting guy, but I wanna like, Joe, what's a, what's a good thing for people to know about you so that they can? Hmm. Uh, following in the same vein of Keeley, I will say that I'm the person they're talking about when they say handicap in golf. So, <laughs> can you, I don't understand. Can you say more? I don't, I don't really know. Does that mean you're that, not good I, at golf? That means I'm terrible at golf. <laughs> but do you like to play golf? I, I do enjoy playing golf occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you used to live nearby a golf course, and so I kind of kind of got around to it. Although it's yeah. kind of hot here for that, so you know, it's like two uh, two or three weeks out of the year when the weather's the best. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. From where I'm sitting, some fun things about Joe include the, uh, he always seems to have a nice car. And he, likes, and he likes to play games. I do, uh, for the Horde, World of Warcraft, nice. for sure. Nice. Um, cool, so, um, you know, again, in this spirit of flipping the script and trying to get to know these guys as they start this podcast off, um, Joe, can we talk a little bit about What's it like to be a developer working in the security field? Well, it's uh, it's interesting actually. <laughs> it's one of those things where uh, you know developers we're we're well positioned to to do security. It's uh, it's really something that we kind of already do as part of the job anyway, whether we realize it or not. <laughs> and so, uh, one of the great things that uh, I've been doing recently, you know, since I've joined Gemari, is being able to make that more explicit and try to help developers understand that they're already making decisions about security every day in their jobs. And what we need to be, uh, what we need to do increasingly is to be more cognitive of those decisions and, and to understand um, the consequences of the choices that we make as we architect and develop software. And um, one of the, one of the great things for me about that is that, I'm, you know, I, I really enjoy doing training with devs because they, they already have this knowledge. They just don't know they have the knowledge, really. 
And so you can, you can say small amounts of things and really turn on light bulbs, um, which is really cool. So that totally resonates with me. And I think I know what you're talking about, but for the people who are listening, I'm not sure that really connects them to like a concrete concept. So can you go a level deeper, Joe, on, you know, developers know what they don't know, or that, you know, can you give a couple examples maybe of the piece that they know, or they need to just be prompted to be able to do a really excellent job with security? Yeah. So one of the, one item I think where I usually see people, light up the most in trainings is when it comes to something like a cross-site, a cross-site scripting attack. So this is when, you know, an attacker injects JavaScript into a website to either attack a visitor or attack other people on the site or try to gain access to the session. Um, and so typically when you're on training, I mean, a lot of developers know about this vulnerability. They know conceptually what it is, maybe not a lot of detail because it's so out there in the news, everyone's heard of it. Um, but one of the really cool things you can do is kind of take someone and actually show them an example of that. And so one of the things that, that, that I do in a training, for instance, is take a, a, a known vulnerable web application and we can, um, for instance, inject or, or actually execute a cross scripting attack there. And they can see with their own eyes that, Hey, maybe I've done a defacement. Maybe I've changed the site and defaced it. Yeah, that's, that's, and it's easy for someone to see, okay, that's maybe that looks harmless, but then you can take that next step and say, okay, now I'm going to, you do the same thing, except this time I'm going to put a key logger in place. And now I see everything someone types and you just, you can just see it on people's faces. Like it's, it's like watching a light bulb come on and then, a, and, and then dread setting it at the same time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> because because <laughs> in that moment they all realize how serious it really is. And how it's, you know, maybe in the past it's easy because the typical examples you see are, oh, alert, pop up an alert message. And everybody's like, well, I mean, BFD popped up an alert message, you know. Right, right, totally. totally What's totally, BFD totally. for the non-technical people <laughs> on this podcast? Uh, big effing deal. What'd you say? Big fucking deal. Oh, so it's not even technical. No, it's not technical at all. Thanks for drilling us. Thanks for drilling us into that one, Keely. <laughs> You're speaking to clean ears, so I don't know. What you're okay, say more about these clean ears. What are you talking about? <laughs> Actually, don't say anything more about the clean ears. So, so Joe, I feel like we should do a whole episode about training developers and security requirements with developers. That sounds like a really good topic. But let's move on to Keely here, and and kind of get a feel for what she's doing. So, I mean, I guess. We glossed over a little bit, Joe, like, like one of your jobs is every day writing code at Gemri, both for clients, but also for the systems we're building. And so that looks a lot like development in most organizations. It's Agile, it's GitHub, it's Azure DevOps, it's Heroku and AWS. And, you know, a lot of those things are things that most developers would probably relate directly to. Keely, kind of shifting our focus to what you do, can you talk about like what, what your role is as a product manager and, and how that's challenging in the security area? Um, like where, how do you interface to developers? How do you gather information? What's easy? What's hard? All of that kind of stuff. Um, or any of that kind of stuff that you think makes sense here. Okay. Um, so I think I mentioned earlier, I kind of just fell into the product manager role, which after talking to a lot of people, that's how a lot of people end up in that role. <laughs> um, so some there's, 
some called technical product managers and there's non-technical, which is what I would say that I, the role I fun, fall under. Um, so mainly I focus on roadmap, um, making sure that that's prioritized and cleaned as well as uh, speaking to clients and getting feedback uh, and documenting that feedback and making sure that we take it and um, prioritize that as well within our roadmap. So it's not really an accident that you're a product manager. I hate to tell you that. That was actually a masterminded thing. And just to put you on the spot a little bit, I think of you as like a mini CEO for the product. So I mean, that's kind of what a PM is, right? Or it's supposed to be anyways. <laughs> although the developers generally hate that term, at least I always did, I think that's exactly what it is. I think you're right. And it's what I'm asking you to do, right? So when I think about what yeah. you're doing for Gemini, it's like, oh, it's a certain amount of how is sales going to work? How do we reach the people? Who's the user? <laughs> what, do they do? what do they know? And th that sort of transcends like the UX of the product into the sales of the product, especially at a small company like ours, right? It's, it's like that same person can grasp both those sides. Um, what's it like to be in the security field as a product manager? Like is that, is that uh, kind of challenges? Yes, I would say when you say security or cybersecurity, it's very broad. So it goes all the way from policies to penetration testing, code review, um, specific like data security. So there's a lot to learn there, which can be overwhelming, um, especially if you're stepping into a PM role at a security firm and you don't have any prior security experience. Um, it's kind of a lot to take in. But on the other side of it, uh, it can also be a good thing because there's a lot of terminology and things that security professionals assume people know and they don't. So you kind of can give that different perspective when building security tools. Bingo. Interesting. Interesting. Very cool. So thinking about what you've been doing, um, can we talk a little bit about some things that have worked out and sort of what you're doing, like, like how the processes work between you two a little bit? Yeah, I would, uh, I may be speaking for Joe and he can tell me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but I would say something that I think worked out really well was uh, the tool that we chose to use for kind of road mapping is technically a developer tool. Um, but I believe that, making that decision decision and moving that way kind of helps the developer PM relationship. Uh, mainly because you're in the same place instead of, because a lot of times the PM has their own like road mapping tool that they use and then it pushes out to whatever uh, planning road mapping tool that developers using and things can kind of get confusing there. So um, Joe, any thoughts on that? <laughs> No, I mean, I, I think that's great, especially on a small team like we are. It, um, yeah. it, it helps for everybody to kind of live in the same place. And so that's, that's definitely been good. And it's, it's great to have a um, product manager who's, you know, willing to take that on. It's a little bit probably not in the, the, the typical realm for most product managers, but Keela's been, been great about willing to be very willing to learn that kind of stuff and, and help all of us kind of coexist in one system. Another thing that's been good for me is 
having a dev lead that's willing to break things down for you. Um, I think that makes a huge difference um, for a PM that's not technical to be able to understand and scope different um, features better. Yeah, I mean, so again, eyes open, that was a big part of why I felt like you guys would be a good fit mutually because Joe's super tech but can do the PM side also, like the product man product project management part for the dev side where you can help kind of translate. And so we didn't necessarily, to, to find a technical project manager, product manager in the security field is like, probably harder than finding a technical security expert, <laughs> right? It's like, it's hard to find great product managers, period. It's almost impossible, probably. That was my thesis, which was that it would be impossible to find a technical project manager in security. And yes, Keely, that probably means you need to raise. Um, <clears throat> but, but I guess I'm curious, like, like, as we stop and say, hey, we're building this tool called securityprogram.io, I'd love to have you each take just a second and capture why you think we're building it. Like, are we aligned? And, and I'm definitely on purpose putting you on the spot. Like, why did we decide to build this tool? And I'm, I guess I'll go ahead and say, I think Keely should go first. Okay. Um, so my personal view on why we built this tool is we were kind of, um, we build a bunch of security, will help companies build out security programs. Um, and we we're kind of seeing this uh, repetition of companies that were not really large, not really small, kind of in the middle, who were trying to land these deals with um, larger corporations that were requiring a bunch of uh, different security uh, requirements. And so, to do that, they either A, had to hire a CISO, which most of them couldn't afford, or B, they had to hire from within, or I guess promote from within, to kind of learn the security side of it and figure it out. But a lot of those uh, companies also needed to move fast, so that wasn't really an option. Um, and so that's uh, how we came about building security programs for them, and so then, we started thinking, is there a way for us to automate this? Is there a way for us to make this more affordable where they could technically run the program on their own? Um, and so that's how I believe SBIO came about. Cool. How about you, Joe? What do you think? Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'll echo that for sure. There's definitely an element of, hey, we do this all the time. So one, we can maybe make our own lives easier <laughs> because we're, we're executing this over and over again, kind of, you know, speaking to um, the story from the guys who did uh, Basecamp, you know. But uh, also, I uh, one thing I've actually am excited about and I've seen through my career is I think we're able to, with this product, to target a market that's underserved. And that's those small and medium-sized businesses who, one, don't have the resources or the expertise typically to really know like what they should be doing security-wise. And just honestly, maybe they know they need to do it, but they just don't know how to execute on it. And maybe they can't afford to hire, you know, even a fractional um, CISO to come in and, and do that work for them. And what, what we can do is we can kind of break that down and help them to do that. So we're, we're trying to build a product that's going to make it easy for them to execute on that to be able to, you know, obtain policies that are well aligned with, with standards that make sense and are well accepted in the industry. 
and kind of help them lay out the work that's necessary to execute on that and operate that program over time. Um, and, and that's something that while there are, you know, there are some similar products out there, no one's really targeting that market. And I think we've kind of found our niche there. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it is there's a, there's an underserved group of companies that, that strongly benefit from having a, an accessible way to do security. And that's really what I think of security program.io as is an accessible way to, to, to do security. Can't tell you how many times we've talked to people who, who are trying to figure out, well, do we need to do a Fed, FedRAMP you know, system security plan? Do we take this 400 page document and translate it? Like that's not an effective way to start a security effort at most companies. Um, so the whole idea between, behind security program.io is to sort of simplify that. And it's been interesting because like you mentioned Basecamp, Joe, I think one of the things that is, is powerful is as the two of you work to be opinionated about how to run a good security program, that really has a huge benefit to the users because they don't have time to figure out what all the best options are or to navigate NIST 853 to figure out what they really need to do and which pieces matter the most, right? And so I think it's super compelling that we have a thing where, hey, there's some low-hanging fruit takeaways like go do MFA that you should just always do. And then there's, as you build into being compliant with NIST or ready to be compliant with NIST, you have work that you have to do. So. Um, so Matt, yeah, you guys both capture that. What's uh, MFA for everybody and what's NIST? Love it, love it. So um, MFA is honest. <laughs> That's multi I'm just remembering things in the past that I've written down and had to go look up <laughs> for me to speaking. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So MFA is multi-factor authentication. And if you want one easy takeaway from this, this discussion, both O365 and Google Apps support it natively if you use those for email. So you can just basically turn it on for all your users. It's an extra step to authenticate. I recommend using this uh, authentication second factor of like Authy, um, A-U-T-H-Y, which we'll put in the show notes, um, for the second factor and not um, SMS if you can possibly get people to do that. And the idea there is even if somebody guesses a password or shares a password or loses a password or anything like that, Unless they have that second factor, they can't access the account. And it turns out in this day and age, access to email turns out to be sort of the lowest common denominator to access for a lot of things because if you can reset your password on another site and have the code sent to your email, now if I control that email, I can get into the other account. Sorry, that was a long answer to MFA. NIST is the National Institute of Science and Technology, and it makes standards across lots of different things from science to um, you know, probably weather, all kinds of different types of things, but there are a large number of cybersecurity related standards that NIST produces, including around encryption and, and so forth. The one that we typically refer to is, well, we see a lot of NIST 853, which is sort of the, the, the set of controls that are applied for building a, a, a security program like what we're doing here. We also see the NIST CSF, which is the um, cybersecurity framework, which is a risk framework for um, essentially looking at your own organizational security. And what you can do with that that's cool is build out a maturity model and, and, a, and a roadmap for how to make yourself better in the areas that you're weak. Um, and we could do a whole other discussion about NIST CSF if that's useful. We've done training on it. We've worked with companies on that. But it's a little bit too much for small companies. Um, it's not necessarily the thing that a lot of people are looking for. 
for us. So that's why we focus on this 853 and securityprogram.io. But that's enough of me talking. Um, I'd like to ask you both maybe one or two more questions. So um, I'd love to hear, and you know, I mean, the whole point of this podcast is to be honest. So just cause I'm sitting here, you know, looking over your shoulder as we make this, don't feel like there's, there's right and wrong answers. What's been hard or bad or, or like a challenge about building securityprogram.io so far? Joe looks ready. I mean, I'll go first. <laughs> I'd say that um, probably the biggest issue is, is not necessarily even unique to uh, securityprogram.io. I mean, it's, it's the same challenge that you solve when you're bringing any application to market, right? We've got to kind of look in our crystal ball and, and know what's in people's heads, <laughs> know what people want know how people work. We have to make, you know, we have to make assumptions about um, how we think people are going to want to use the application and how they're going to want to interact with it. Um, and I think that's a, that's a challenge. It's not specific to, to this particular product, but applies no matter what you're building. How about you, Kelly? Um, I would say a challenge is also figuring out product market fit um, and how to get the product in front of more customers would be so the business side the business side yeah I guess um, I would say another challenge I guess more on the product management side is uh, learning because you're kind of learning the security as you go I guess for me. Um, and so making sure that I am aware of NIST 853 and of the policies and understanding the different uh, security tasks you should do within those um, is probably been a challenge. Cool. Let's flip it up to the positive side if we're doing a retro. What's been good? Why don't you go first, Kaylee? <laughs> um, I would say things that have been good, which this is, so we built a product before this and we kind of built it without getting much of any customer feedback, which we still, it's a struggle and a problem to try to get more customers in to get feedback. But with this one, we did a much better job of getting customers in first um, and kind of getting their feedback and then building upon that. So that's been good. Well, I, mean, I think the great thing about it is, is that um, anytime you take on this type of an effort, it forces you to do some things that are great. Things that, you know, we probably all know that we should do, but it becomes very hard to do unless you've got something actually pushing on you. And that's to... Uh, as we said at the top of the podcast, I mean, a lot of things we, we did this, we're building this product because we, we do this work a lot. So productizing that means that you have to start formalizing your methods. You have to start thinking about reproducibility in a way that you don't normally think about when you've just got consulting engagement after consulting engagement even. And so I think what that does is it means that one, it, I mean, it strengthens our, it strengthens our offerings where we're working one-on-one -on -one with clients, but it also means that we're going to be able to produce a product that's, that's has the rigor that we really want it to be because it forces us to kind of think about uh, performing these activities in a way that's maybe more hands-off for us than we're typically used to. 
Cool. That makes perfect sense. And it's been really hugely rewarding to watch you all work together building this product. You know, I, I know you probably think I'm very involved, but I feel like I'm able to sort of see you putting your fingerprints on this. And that's really been a pleasure from where I sit. Um, and I'm super excited about, like I said before, this podcast and sort of sharing some of the in internal workings of how this is happening and, and what we're thinking. Um, can we take a minute and maybe project into the future, not necessarily with, you know, strong commitments around exactly what the episodes will be, but give people a feel for what might come in future um, not insecure podcast episodes. Well, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off, I guess, with the first idea that we've kind of thought of. Um, <clears throat> so we can talk about some of the things that, you know, we advise people to do when they first, uh, when, when they first begin using security program IO or like what, what are the first five things you should do if you're going to start securing your organization? Um, basically baby steps, right? So I think we could do an entire podcast just helping people kind of bootstrap that process. Uh, yeah. And then I think some other things that we definitely want to hit on, um, you have stuff from the more technical side, like we, some open source projects, I know Joe and Matt both work, um, often on some of those like glue and Pac-Man and S3, S2. Um, and then also we'll talk a lot about the security tool ecosystem and where we fit as far as securityprogram.io. Joe, you miss anything? <laughs> well, and I'm assuming that there'll be every episode, there'll be some joking back and forth between the product manager and the develop lead, development lead, right? Like that sort of feels like it's inherent to what this framing of the podcast is. Or are you guys just? I, I feel like you're not. I feel like you're not. You're not seeing our personalities at all. As yeah, part of yeah. No. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be any kind of back and forth. There's no back and forth. No, 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 of course not. I'll 100% always agree about everything. Hmm. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I tell you what, I'll show up to a couple podcasts and give you the thing you disagree on. How about that? <laughs> Smoke bomb. And then, we, and then we can all watch two Arkansans fight in the nicest way we've ever imagined. I'm an agreeable person. <laughs> I am not, so there we go. <laughs> well, that's why... It just works out. That's funny. Also, um, go ahead. I ask Joe more questions than I do anything half the time. So, <laughs> so let me reiterate like a high level understanding of what I think you think this podcast is, and you tell me am I right or wrong? Okay. So I'm imagining it's kind of an inside view on how the tools are getting built. It's an inside view into like how the dev product management process works. Um, in some cases, it might even be introductions to sections of functionality within the tool so that people can kind of understand a concept within a security program. So people might actually walk away learning how to build a security program or how to build a tool or just fun insights about the dev product tension. So is that right? Or it's probably some security knowledge, text, tech pieces. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's it in a nutshell. I mean, it's, it's kind of a look inside what we're building and then also hoping you walk away with some security knowledge you didn't have. Um, once again, you know, targeting that market we feel is underserved. We want to, if you can spend a little bit of time with us and walk away with some knowledge you didn't have and maybe improve the security of your business, 
Hopefully you choose to use our product to do that, but if not, still yet, we're helping you secure your organization and that's, that's, really, that's really what we're passionate about. Yeah, I would also say that, you know, this podcast is good because you don't have to be a security expert to understand it. Um, a lot of this I'm just learning or have recently learned, so I think that gives a different twist to a cybersecurity podcast. Awesome. And how did you come up with Not Insecure? Uh, this guy named Matt Conda sat in the office one day and said, how about Not Insecure? Does it mean that you're not, does it mean that you're not insecure? You don't have any security issues? Is that what it means? I feel like it more so means... Uh, no, I don't want to say it that way. I'll, 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 I'll come straight out and say it does not mean that at all. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it means that we're not insecure about possibly being insecure. <laughs> but uh, I would say we're not insecure about talking about the things that we have a hard time doing, even if those are security related things. I don't know. That's the new sound bullet right there. Nailed it. <laughs> we got to go grab that, that slight piece. Awesome. Well, this is really fun. Thanks for having me have you. <laughs> I'm happy to jump around and, and jump in anytime that, that that would be helpful. And, and I hope that you all have fun doing this and learn from it and help a lot of people learn from, from you. So good luck. Thank you. And appreciate your time. Hope you all join us for the next episode.